You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 133 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We are coming to you on July 30th. As usual, I'm Vince, along with Roger. Seen any good movies lately? Depressing friggin' movies. <laughs> Holy crap in hell, man. When you recommend something to someone, you warn them. Like, this is a suicide watch movie, okay? If you are even just a little depressed, maybe don't watch this movie. <laughs> but you're such a happy guy. I figured it was all right. Man, well, actually, it's my wife was out of town, and so it was just my my youngest son and I, and we'd been watching like we've been on an anime kick and watching all kinds of different shows, and then I told him that I could download. Uh, shouldn't say that. <laughs> could get <laughs> <laughs> procure legally <laughs> Seven Samurai to watch, which I still haven't. Oh legally procured it um but i will soon enough and then we'll watch that together because he hasn't seen that and then we watched uh magnificent seven of course which was an old favorite mm-hmm. of mine to so watch that but anyways so then i was looking at like some different samurai shows to watch and like what do you recommend to me the probably the most depressing freaking samurai movie done in the last what 10 years my god it was a great story. Yeah, sure. But man, when he's trying to put the the wooden blade through his stomach, oh. I could see my son out of the corner of my eye and he's like wincing and I'm going, yeah, really? For folks who don't know what we're talking about, it's Harry, Harry Carey. Harry Carey. That was, uh, when did that come out anyways? I it can't remember. It came out last year. Man. It, it is a phenomenal show, but don't go in expecting anything happy to happen in it. <laughs> there isn't a single moment of happiness in the entire show. You know, they get married. That's happy. They have a baby. She's that's locked happy. up. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's not a happy movie. <laughs> okay. Actually, before we get into anything else, though, completely off topic. I, I don't know if I, I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, but in case I had, my wife's been on a, um, glass doing stained glass kick for the last little while. So she works out in the garage. So I'll go and check in on her every once in a while and see how she's doing and whatnot. And so yesterday I go to check in on her and, and this is like from the, the laundry room kind of thing. And so a fly comes in from the garage. I was like, son of a bitch. So I close the door and then I close the door to the rest of the house and I figure I'll just get it while it's stuck in that room. And so I look down and there's a, a parcel package that looks like it's been folded down. So I think, perfect. So I take this and I'm swatting at this fly. Do you know where <laughs> I'm going with this? <laughs> so I'm swatting and swatting and I finally did get it and I'm hitting the wall and I'm like, flopping around i'm going okay good so i figured this was like just the the leftover the wife got a magazine or something and and that was it so i put it back down and i'm thinking then there you go and luckily i didn't like fold it further to fit in the blue box or anything so i put it aside so then i go back to my merry business of whatever the hell it was and then the wife comes to me later and says oh by the way did you see you got a package and i'm like package she says yeah it's in the laundry room waiting for you so i'm like crap don't tell me it's that freaking thing I was swatting at a fly with. 
So sure enough, I go and oh, look at this. I got a package from a Mr. Vince. <laughs> Luckily, he knows how to package shit. Just at, damn it, another one. Seriously, I got to put a little jar, a change jar for my, my shit jar. Uh, that, well, that doesn't sound right either. But anyways, so I open it up. Now, what I want to know, however, <laughs> is was this sent after I guilted you about not getting me something? <laughs> or was this sent before that? It was sent after, but it was always purchased with the intention of sending it that way. See, no, I find that hard to believe now. Oh, yeah, yeah I just, I, I, I was like, oh, okay, I feel like I guilted you. That and the threat of not letting you get any of the Samurai Jack sign. Here's the thing. <laughs> if I hadn't intended to send it to you, I wouldn't have told you. <laughs> well, you didn't tell me it was coming anyway. I wouldn't have told you I got it. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> so anyways, Vince got me this freaking awesome signed print of the Uncanny X-Force crew. It's like, it's freaking awesome. It's right here. I've got it still. It's in the plastic, thank God, plastic casing thing. So I just got to get the measurements, and then I'm going to get that sucker framed. It is awesome. awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was watching the order tracking, and it said it was delivered yesterday. <laughs> I was like, he hasn't mentioned anything. <laughs> well, it was used for swatting flies yesterday is what it was. <laughs> I'm just happy it wasn't like a wily fly that, you know, went somewhere where I had to bend it to get at it or whatever. <laughs> That would have been so Oh my bad. God, that would have been the most hilarious thing. No, no, it wouldn't have been. I would have been like, oh shit, somebody get me a, an, an ironing board and an iron. <laughs> what's, what's Jerome Pena's email address? <laughs> I got to make this right. Man, but it is freaking gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I loved it. I showed the wife too and she was like, that is nice. So we're going to frame that and put it up somewhere. Glad you enjoyed it. Yes, very much. So thank you. I said as much, you know, as much as I would have liked it, it just would have gone in a box and put it in the closet because I really don't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> it ain't going in no box here. I'm framing this sucker. It will be treated well. <laughs> okay. So can we talk about comics now? Yeah, well, that's comic prints and flies. Oh, no. It, it, the, that was great. You know, <laughs> fly swattering. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, let's talk comics. All right. Well, this week we're running over a handful of creator-owned comics, uh, some of which we've been kind of mentioning over the past weeks uh, and longer. So it's time to really just dive in and take a look at them. So the first one we have coming up is The Wake, published by DC under their Vertigo imprint. It's written by Scott Snyder, art by Sean Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth, and I really enjoyed this one. Well, it's uh, once again, we're suckers for post-apocalyptic stories kind of thing. So it kind this of... This isn't post-apocalyptic yet. Well, not yet, but... <laughs> hold on, I'm looking at the... Uh, yeah, when you're seeing the waves going through, what is that, New York? I'm yeah, assuming, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it ain't going to be good. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> we, we know that going in. <laughs> There's bad things coming. So, but no, it was... Well, I mean, obviously with Snyder too, it's well-written. It's engaging. He knows how to pace a story very well. So I loved it too. And then the story, of course, is, or not the story, I should say the art was friggin' awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, to when things really start to get going. Because I mean, this was a lot of setup, obviously. Yes. So it's yes. like, it's setting up the team. And so there's a lot of time spent on that. So I'm looking forward to when, now that that's been established, 
the the things really starting to get underway because he's set up a, an interesting crew and again the the premise so i'm i'm enjoying it so far mm-hmm. so for our listeners the story revolves around a dr lee archer who don't ask me to bring up the actual name for what she does but she listens to whale songs basically and we see her at the beginning uh, talking with her son on the phone. Obviously, there's a, you know, an issue with their relationship there. He can't be with her. But, I mean, she gets awesome whales to hang out with. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of awesome. And she is recruited by the United States Department of Homeland Security because they need her specialization. And there's all kinds of issues going on with her and the government, uh, as we come to find out a little later. Uh, basically, she's been very vocal about a top secret – well, not quite top secret, but a program they've been running that's affecting the sea life. And basically, she said the wrong things to the wrong people, lost her job at uh, the Northern Oceanic Atmospheric Association, NOAA. And basically, she's just kind of down on her luck working on you know small grants but you know still doing what she loves and she's a little hesitant to go back into you know the government fold but you know they dangle that that treat in front of her well we can help you get your son back so there's a lot of cool character motivations going on here Uh, just a really relatable story for a lot of people too so that's what i like to see yeah and then we find out that They've got this crazy, like, merman monster thing down at the bottom of the ocean that she's there to investigate. And that was such a crazy left turn right at the end. I loved it. It, it looks like an insane, um, the dude from, um, oh, damn it. Uh, I can't remember his name, though. I'll insert The guy from it. The Thing, yeah. The, the guy from The Thing, it does. Come on. How many guys are from the thing with the guy with the fist hand? Are you, are you referring gonna... to Hannibal Lecter? You... No. no. <laughs> well, I don't no. know oh, what the way cool. he's yeah. <laughs> chained up. And... How about while we're talking, I find the reference that I mean. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> folks, it's been a rough weekend on the meds. So <laughs> you just keep going on with whatever you were going to say. And then, like you said, uh, at the beginning, we get this flashback to you know this apocalyptic future where 200 years uh, after... The main events of the comic, you know, the shorelines are being flooded. She's got an awesome talking dolphin. And, <laughs> and that's not her, obviously. But and then we also have flashbacks to, you know, like a million years ago with the caveman painting pictures on the wall of these things. And he's like a heretic to his tribe. And I every even rereading this for the second time preparing for the show, like I was seeing some, you know, other stuff I'd missed the first time through. And it just shows, you know, the power Snyder has to craft a story. He has interesting characters. He has a great plot hook. And then he just piles in the details. And along with that great artwork, like you said, really made this a very enjoyable comic. Yeah. Abe Sapien. All Ah, I had to type into Google was Hellboy Fish Guy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even finish Fish Guy popped up. So apparently I'm not the only one that can't remember his name. (laughs) And uh, I've actually also read uh, issue two. That came out a couple weeks ago. And man, it just gets crazy highly recommended i haven't read two yet all right so next up we have lazarus from image comics written by greg rooka art by michael lark and santi arcus and this is i guess we could go with that same kind of post-apocalyptic feel though not quite there yet but you can see like it's on the fringe of a complete societal breakdown basically the economies have are not doing too well and most of the world is into control of rich families 
And, you know, the families have their supporters, you know, their people who work for them. And basically the rest of humanity is literally referred to as waste, which, I mean, especially these days with a lot of the, you know, the, the social issues going on, kind of doesn't seem all that far off from what it could be a future that we can see. But uh, each family has a protector that they call the Lazarus. And this particular story follows a Lazarus named Forever, who is in the employ of the Carlisle family. And well, with a name like Lazarus, you kind of know where we're going with you know, her power set, if you will. But another really good character-driven story with you know, a lot of question marks revolving around exactly what's going on. And it's the way that the character of Forever reacts to everything going on around her that's making this one interesting. Yeah. The, using the name Forever creates a very clunky dialogue. Yes. Often that I really, it was getting annoying. And I know that as a writer, you know, you want to give your characters these interesting names that stand out and are, and are, you know, in their own way, remarkable and all that so that they, it can become an icon. But you also have to think in terms of how the reader perceives it and anything that you're reading that is taking you out of the story because it's so disjointed is not a good thing, regardless of how cool the name might sound to you. And this was one of those cases where every time I was reading that name embedded in the story, it was, it, it takes you out of it. It was annoying. And that's obviously, that's not the only issue I had with this. There were a few things that I didn't enjoy this one as much. It was still Mm -hmm. good. It still had elements that I liked and all that, but overall I did not enjoy the story as much. And it, it it wasn't one that I was thinking, yeah, I'd keep reading this. It was like, no, not as much actually. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, opinions differ. But uh, as with anything new, I'd still recommend people check it out because, you know, it's, it's something new. It's an alternative to, you know, a lot of what else is out there. Yeah. Yeah. And as we've seen, Ruka is, you know, a pretty good writer. So we'll oh, yeah. see how, he, yeah. how, he come, how it comes out in future issues. Definitely. All right. Also from Image, uh, this time from Robert Kirkman's Skybound imprint, we have Ghosted. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Goran Suzuka and Miroslav Merva. They need some extra vowels going on there, but that's okay. (laughs) And uh, what did you think of this one, actually? I actually wasn't as impressed with this as a whole. Um, I know, again, trying to go with the edgy, let's start off with showing a prison rape scene kind of thing. The story as a whole was not as, as interesting. Breaking out a criminal out of prison to do some wild and crazy job for you doesn't Mm -hmm. do much for me. It would have to be extraordinarily well-written for something like that to be something that I would really be on board with and want to keep reading. And this idea of, I want you to go and bag me a ghost. So I've got to bring my own team. That's my one rule kind of thing. You're not going to stick me with anyone I don't want. But of course, you're stuck with this one person who will keep an eye on you. There was so many little cliches that we've seen time and time again. So really, as a whole, was not something that I enjoyed. And I can honestly say at all. I really didn't like this. I'm mostly on board with you there. Um, Like you said, the, the premise of the story is a rich eccentric hires a, well, you could say former thief. He cl- he claims to be retired, but basically hires him to steal a ghost from a haunted house that's about to be torn down, which yeah, the premise alone is kind of like, 
a little awkward, but I just always have a soft spot for heist stories. It's it's just one of those things that I love. So based on that like connection alone, it draws my interest. But I agree, like the story wasn't terribly well well written or pulled together. It's it's the same setup we've seen a thousand times before, just with a ghost instead of money. So I I, I hope they're going to do something a little more unique with it because I said I, I do enjoy this type of story. But yeah, this particular one didn't really grab me the way I was wishing it would. Honestly, it was at points I couldn't help but hear the leverage thing where <laughs> we're going to go steal ourselves a ghost. And it was like, oh, come on. It was, <laughs> there was just way too much that was way too cliched stuff that we've seen so many times. I honestly, I, I really, I did not enjoy this. Mm. Okay. And then the last one we have up is called Sheltered, uh, also from Image, written by Ed Brisson, art by Johnny Christmas, who has the greatest comic book name ever. I hope he becomes a superstar. And Sherry Chankama. And this is billed as a pre-apocalyptic tale. Kind of seems to be the theme running through here. What's Completely unintentional. Now? Yeah, really. And it's just the goings-on of this doomsday prepper sort of camp of people and I think the story would have been a lot more interesting if it had come out maybe last year when this was a lot more relevant. Uh, I can't help but think that, you know, maybe they saw some, you know, some funny specials on the Discovery Channel about these people who, you know, basically take up their lives and just move to the middle of the woods preparing for the end of days and like, hey, we could write a story about that. And it was it was interesting because it was in a lot of ways a very accurate portrayal of the way these people actually are and you know see society and you know their future but it's all set up for kind of throwing it all away in in a twist leading into the second issue and i i enjoyed it but i don't know if i enjoyed it enough to really come back the okay what you're saying there too where it's all again set up that's the rugs pulled out from under you at the very end from then on. I'm not a big fan of when they do that. If you're going to do that, it's got to be done all within the first issue and moving on with the new concept within yeah, that first issue. show us where it's going after the, the twist. In my opinion, um, the taking too long with this is, again, you're investing people in this concept in the first issue that you're then changing. Now, who's to say how much that's going to change in here in the second, it could be that the kids continue on with that same kind of mentality, just with their quote unquote rule kind of thing. So it's hard to say. Now, the thing that I had more of a problem with, which kind of goes with what you're saying, but was that there wasn't nearly enough attention on the kids. Mm -hmm. So here the kids are the, are the ones that take over the story later on, but you don't see enough of them beforehand. And I think that it would have been far better served if you saw a lot more of them and how they perceived that area to be run by the adults and then have the, again, rug pulled up from you later on at the end. But by having first the 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 story narrative being seen from again the adult perspective and then changing later to the kids it seems disjointed i didn't i didn't enjoy that as much mm -hmm. we talk so frequently about 
how important that first issue is to any comic, creator-owned, indie, you know, mainstream. It doesn't matter. That first issue is of vital importance. And you look back, regardless of how much we enjoyed them, The Wake, Lazarus, and Ghosted, by the end of the first issue, you know where the comic is going. You know the tone of the story. You know what's going to happen. And by the end of the first issue of Sheltered, you don't have any of that. There's, aside from just that curiosity of wanting to know what happens next, there's no, there's nothing that sells that second issue. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. But still, it's interesting to, like, like I say, take a look at you know, the other guys, see what else is going on outside of superhero comics or even the main, the mainstream um, indie comics. Like we've talked a lot uh, over the last couple weeks about all the new image stuff coming from guys like Hickman and Brubaker and Fraction, but it's still nice to take some time at, you know, not the big names, see, see who might be coming up because yeah, while the stories didn't quite work out uh, on some of these, I, as, like especially ghosted where the story was kind of iffy i did really enjoy the art there so there's definitely something good you can take out of you know all of these in some way i i agree and they're all worth reading i mean it's it's something that if for no other reason than to really help support the idea of of character own character our own own creator owned comics my god that was hard to get up. wow <laughs> that was reminiscent of some of your flubs. Um, but anyways, just to support that, I think, is important. And and it's very subjective. There's bound to be something here that even though we didn't necessarily like that, other people will absolutely adore. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time we've been, quote, wrong, wrong. about something. Yes. <laughs> All right. And since we skipped it last week, I'm sure we both have uh, quite a bit to talk about for what we're reading. Oh, <laughs> and I, as I was going through what I could talk about, I was like, no, Roger's going to say that. No, Roger's going to say that. I was looking at some other stuff. And the one thing that like, I super wanted to talk about last week that we didn't have time for was X Factor. A um, couple issues back, they finished uh, their last storyline with uh, the Hell on Earth War. And like I said, as we know, X Factor is reaching its conclusion. It's, you know, they're riding off into the sunset. So this last storyline is basically just serving as an epilogue for all the stories Peter David has been telling for the last, God, six, eight years on this one comic with all these characters. So each issue has been focusing on, you know, one or two characters and just showing where they are, you know, out in the Marvel Universe now, like where other writers can pick them up and do stuff with them. And this one was great because for decades – Fans have been wondering what the connection is between Longshot and Shatterstar. As awful of a character Shatterstar is, <laughs> but it's been it was mentioned like in passing back in the '90s that there was a connection between the two of them. And for decades, fans have been wanting to you know know more about that. And when Peter David put the two of them on the same team, it, it, every interview, every con panel has been when are we going to what are you going to do with it what are you going to do with it and he's always said he's like we'll get there we'll get there eventually i i have a plan just trust me that when time is right in the story we'll get there and he did not disappoint as someone who has no interest in these two characters particularly but an incredible curiosity for what a guy like peter david can do i'm not going to ruin it 
but it is one of the most hilariously messed up things I've read in a long time. I put this comic down. I was laughing hysterically. I told friends at work who don't even read comics anymore, but you know, they read them back in the nineties and it's, it was great. (laughs) It was stupid, but it was, it was stupidly brilliant. If that makes any sense. I absolutely loved it. What issue was this? Uh, two fifty nine. And how open is this though to anyone who has not been following it? You really don't need to know anything. Okay. All you need to know is that Shatterstar and Longshot have been launched across space and time. Okay, that's really it. Like you say, it's then. just an epilogue. Cool. All right. Next up, we have uh, Wolverine. Oh. Uh, I picked up issue seven just to see. Like we've been talking so much about the storyline with him losing his powers. You're talking about blah, blah, Savage blah, blah. Wolverine. Huh? Are you talking about Savage Wolverine or Wolverine? No, no. Actual Wolverine. Okay. Wolverine, Wolverine. The Wolverine. <laughs> Adjectiveless Wolverine. Okay, I'll stop. But we've been talking so much about it. I figured I would check it out and see what they're doing. And, and I think it was on page two. They kind of hand-waved the whole adamantium poisoning thing away with Beast just going, oh, yeah, I've got a cure. Uh, you know, I've got a treatment for that. So you, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but it was the things that they did – that we haven't seen before. Like we've seen the stuff like, okay, he can't fight the way he used to, you know, eventually he's going to pop his claws and realize that that was a really bad mistake. Now that he has these open wounds in his hands, but it was the smaller stuff that I really appreciated. Like he's now afraid to shave (laughs) just because it's such a new experience for him. He, he's standing there with a straight razor in the mirror. (laughs) You know, he never really developed much of a deft touch because, well, it didn't really, he didn't really need one. (laughs) So it was, I'm still not sold on the premise as a whole, but some of the small things they did with the story here and the actual character development for Logan himself was was a little interesting. They're obviously not trying to tie this across on all of his series, because if you read some of his other ones that came out, it's quite obvious that healing factor is in there and he's using it for all it's worth. I'm sure I'm sure within a month or two, though, we'll see that because they, they did say you will see this rippling out throughout the other titles. Yeah. All right. Also, Superman, Batman. Uh, we never really talked that much about the first issue, but the second issue came out, which, again, we talked about the overall story. Eh, and I, I still kind of have to see with them going to Earth 2 and meeting, you know, older versions of themselves and this and that. The one thing, though, about this was the first issue had a number of fill in artists helping out because as great as Jai Lee is, he doesn't really get along with deadlines. But this issue Front cover to back cover was 100% Jai Lee. And God, it was gorgeous, especially at the end when Wonder Woman showed up. Oh, I, I, I want that page like framed and put somewhere. It was beautiful. Hmm. Cool. And then finally, Injustice, because God, I'm still loving that comic, believe it or not. Uh, I think it was issue 27, the one that came out last week. Superman made the biggest jerk move in the history of comics. (laughs) Basically, uh, they've come to realize that Batman's been playing them. You know, they had a he had a spy on the team and this and that. So Superman decides that the best way that he can really get at Batman would be to reveal his identity, make it public. So he like starts up up, you know, beaming into all the TVs around the world from the watchtower. And just as he's about to say, like, the, the words Batman is come out of his mouth, and then Batman hits the fail safe. 
shuts down the power to the entire watchtower. It actually starts falling out of the sky at this point. And they're like, oh. And I got, who was it? Luthor? Or no, it was the Flash, I think. Turns to Luthor and Cyborg. He's like, you're half a computer and you're the smartest man on the planet. And you're telling me we can't find a way to get one sentence out to the masses. And then the next page is Superman created a Twitter account. <laughs> which quite simply says, Batman is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Greatest jerk move ever, and I loved it. <laughs> you spoil it now. I, that one I had to spoil oh, because it was too great. I couldn't hold that one I'm a one couple in. of issues back on that one, actually. <laughs> Batman is Bruce Wayne with three million retweets. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I'll hand it over to you. Um, see, you could actually talked about a lot of other things i was gonna say just don't talk about spider-man or wolverine (laughs) those are the two i got covered now um did you read the newest ultimate spider-man number 25 yes yes i did freaking awesome so this is where i think that goes without saying at this point yeah man but see once again like we're still not seeing spider-man until like last page kind of thing and yet he's able to do such a phenomenal job with character development that all of the stuff that's going on with him and his girlfriend and then (laughs) him and his potentially gay friend. (laughs) I love that stuff. (laughs) The whole, he's got a crush on you thing. I thought that was there's there's actually a great post by uh, Bendis on his Tumblr about that. (laughs) What would he say? Somebody asked him like about that relationship and he's like, yeah, uh, me and my best friend, people thought we were gay for years. Right. Just because, you know, that, you know, we were close friends. This was fantastic. And then the stuff. And then his best friend turned out to actually be gay. gay, Right. (laughs) Um, When he goes into his room and he sees Spider-Woman there. And this is something we discussed a while back because she's the clone of Parker. So how is this actually going to work? Well, boom. Here's the issue where it happens. And she talks about that. And this was freaking just all manner of awesome. All of it. Just, yeah. There, what else can I say? <laughs> <laughs> um, newest superior, Spider-Man. Uh, which one is that? That's number 14. 14, yes. Yeah, you uh, obviously you read that as well. Yes. That was <laughs> he, great. I, 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 at this point, I sincerely hope Dan Slott writes Spider-Man until the day he dies, dies. <laughs> and never brings Peter Parker back. This is, for those who haven't read it, Spider-Man has basically decided, that's it. I'm cleaning up this place. Doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going in it. And I love this just because, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about Shadowlands when the miniseries was out and stuff. And I mean... The building has still been there. So, like, Kingpin has still been working out of this place. They know where he is. Ninjas. A whole crap load of ninjas. Like, they know it's there and nobody has done anything about it until now. He's decided enough's enough. I'm going in there and cleaning this place up. And because he now has J. Jonah basically in his back pocket using all manner of of treachery with him and it's like he owns him now he can get away with so much and still have that persona of looking like he's just a great guy and i mean when he gets to the point where the kingpin looks worried (laughs) and he's like we're getting the hell out of dodge (laughs) that's when you know this is bad 
but this was oh just amazing and the art art was just freaking killer and i'm just counting down the days until we finally get that confrontation with norman yeah yeah oh yeah oh man this it's just been so much fun to read and then the superior team up spider-man team up number one did you read that i enjoyed it it wasn't amazing but i enjoyed it it wasn't amazing but it was still i whenever anybody is handling again the auto spider-man well i just like it and i kind of giggle and I and I have fun with it. And so seeing his interaction with these heroes that he's now clocking all over town, and then seeing his interactions with the Avengers when they finally show up, and it's like they're like they're having a hard time with him. And I love how the Hulk is like, I think I actually felt him move there when he's holding <laughs> on to him with Thor. Um, but, and the whole bit about the, we're going to rethink this probation thing. And he's like, how adorable, <laughs> you know, like that matters. So it was still, it was still fun. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting to see where they go forward now that, uh, you know, he basically has the whole sinister six back together again. Yeah. Yeah, so that, and then I read the um, Superior Carnage as well, number mm-hmm. one, which was not as good, obviously, but it was still enjoyable, but it was, it's more set up at this point, so I'm just looking forward to seeing where they're going to be going with this. Yeah. So, but Carnage was never a really character that I was that massively into, so... I don't know. Yeah, we'll I, I never really liked Carnage. It was only with like some of the recent miniseries that I started coming around to him. So okay, did you read number seven of Savage Wolverine? I actually haven't read that. Oh, yet. dude! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've been telling people. Okay, don't get one to five. Don't you don't even need to pretend like those never happened. Just don't buy them. But six and seven, and and Lord knows what's coming for, but. Six and seven are damn near must reads if you are a Wolverine fan. And seven especially, there is literally a scene in here. It's, it's funny, like, and, and most people are like this too. There's, there's moments in comics where you, you're so happy it's been put down in page and it's, it's been done. <laughs> you know, that Batman clocking. Guy Gardner, that one punch to take him down. I'm so happy that was done and it's on paper and we can look back on it whenever we want. There's a moment like that in number seven oh, where man. it's, it is literally, you're reading this and, oh man, I don't want to spoil it for you. I really, really don't want to spoil it for you. It's, it's literally, <laughs> you'll know it when you see it. I'm, I see it's so hard not to say it. You'll, you'll know it as soon as you see it, but it's just, it's, it's a few panels it's two pages, actually. It's a couple of pages. And if you are not laughing, giggling like a happy little school child, then there's something wrong with you. It was <laughs> so fantastic. So, yes, people, you have to read issues number six and seven of Savage Wolverine. The, uh, it's Zeb Wells who's doing the, the, the writing and it's phenomenal. And then Madrero's doing the art, which is like, oh my God, insane. Yeah. Some of these panels are like, oh my God, 
Like you're talking about frame worthy. Oh my God. Some of these panels with Wolverine and Electra together. Wow. There, there's one too where Wolverine is fighting a crap load of, of ninjas. And I mean, how many times have we seen that? Yeah. Wait till you see this panel. And it's like, tell me you would not like to have that framed on your wall. Cool stuff. Get it. And did you read the Wolverine, Japan's Most Wanted? I haven't checked that one out yet. That's because it's not a must-read kind of thing. I'm very hesitant about anybody in mainstream doing digital comics that's not Mark Wade. Like, if they're trying to do that particular style instead of just, you know, a straight-up actual comic. So... (laughs) It's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. The, uh, it's not bad. The, the framing is well handled for tablets. Not perfect, but not bad. And, but, of course, holding it uh, horizontally, not vertically. Your, your eye device or your Android piece of poop. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's... Again, it's Wolverine being framed for something. So oh, that's, that's new. It's yeah. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's Jason Aaron, and J- Jason Latour. I kind of would have expected a little bit, something a little bit more original maybe from Jason Aaron, but it, it's, again, it's not terrible. It's just really nothing extraordinarily new. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, it kind of was like, man, all right, whatever. And if they really want to push the, the whole infinite comics, they'd, like, just look at what DC is doing. DC's digital comics, pretty much across the board, are really good. Uh, you have, you know, Injustice. You have uh, all the the Batman and Justice League Beyond stuff. Uh, the the Little Gotham, the the Batman sixty six. They're putting out a wide range of very unique comics, and they're they've been very successful with that. Yeah. Well, as actually, much as we rag on DC, that's something they're doing right. The um, I've been actually getting caught up on all the Batman Beyond. Because that's something I was disappointed that I was not caught up on. So I thought, you know what? It's time for me to go back and start really going through all of these. And I'm about halfway through right now. And I've been, I've been digging it. I've been enjoying the stories. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I, I like where it's going. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it now. And once I'm done with these, I'm going to get caught up with all of the Justice League Beyond as well and see what I think of those. All right. So that's it. Okay, then. Well, as for this week's new releases, Marvel brings us Captain Marvel, number 14, FF, number 10, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 5, Indestructible Hulk, number 11, Ultimates, 28, Uncanny X-Force, number 9, Uncanny X-Men, number 9, Venom, 38, What If AVX, number 4, the finale, X-Men, number 3, and X-Men Legacy, number 14. It's always funny when I'm doing the new release list for Marvel, and I get almost to the end of the alphabet. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm almost done. <laughs> and then there's like nine comics <laughs> from U to X. <laughs> Interesting. All right. From DC, since this is that odd month with uh, five Wednesdays, we really don't have a whole lot of the actual new 52 stuff, but we do get a bunch of annuals. We have annual number two for animal man, Batman, detective comics, and flash. Really have to question them putting out the annuals for Batman and Detective Comics at the same time. But what do I know? And then we also have the third issue of The Wake. And from our smaller publishers, Avatar brings us Uber number four. IDW has a nice list this week with Doctor Who Prisoners of Time number seven, G.I. Joe number six, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 24. Are you caught up on that yet? I'm, I haven't. I started reading the last one, but I didn't get a chance to finish it. 
Oh, dude. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and Transformers More Than Meets the Eye, number 19. And Image brings us Five Ghosts, number five, which is still awesome. Yeah. So that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. So until next week, thanks for listening. In a second, I got a freaking dog here. God. Don't worry, I'll edit this out. Listen, you're <laughs> staying, you're laying down, or you're taking off. Quit being a pain in the ass. It's not bite me playtime. It's always bite me playtime. Jeez.